This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. How is Christmas celebrated across the United States? What makes small-town Christmases so special? And when do these Christmas towns begin their prep for the holiday season? We'll answer all of these questions and more on this edition of Getting Schooled. I'm Abby Hornacek. is officially the most wonderful time of the year. This season is truly one of the holiest times and a beautiful celebration of faith, joy, and tradition. With that, we're highlighting some traditions and Christmas magic that can be found in various towns across the country. From Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, to Frostburg, Maryland, there are so many things to discuss. So what are the most common Christmas traditions? How is Christmas celebrated in North Pole, Alaska? And how do these small towns influence how the rest of the country celebrates Christmas? Well, here to talk me through all of this is Inside Edition national correspondent and host of Up TV's Small Town Christmas, Megan Alexander. And Megan joins me now. Megan, how's it going? Abby, I'm great. Merry Christmas to you. And Merry Christmas to you. I am so excited to do this. And, um, you know, we have a lot to talk about, but I just, before we get started, I have to just quickly tell this story. So I met you a few years ago, and you're such a lovely person. And I'll never forget, Ainsley had invited me over for a Bible study. And I thought that it was just one of her regular Bible studies. Um, She does do her show, Ainsley's Bible study on Fox Nation as well. But I just took this as I was kind of new and um, had just started working at Fox. I was like, wow, this is very nice that she's inviting me. And I was going on a shoot the next day. So I showed up and I was like, oh, I'll stop by for an hour or so. I don't think I had any makeup on and I was wearing my sweatpants and I rolled in and I see all these lights and I was like, oh no, what is this? Turns out she was filming Ainsley's Bible study and here I am makeupless and everyone was so sweet, waited for me while Ainsley was like, here, here are my makeup brushes, here's my makeup, like you can just do whatever you want. And that's where I I love people of faith are just so giving with their time and their patience and I just remember meeting you thinking wow this is a really good crew yeah it's funny you say that Abby because you have to know that we started out as a regular Bible study like (laughs) there's no cameras there's no lights we literally um Ainsley and I went to dinner gosh almost 10 years ago now in New York City and we both knew each other from San Antonio Texas she's one of my longest friends in the business and we went to din- dinner 10 years ago and we both said, how are you doing? You know, have you found a church? Have you found a community? And we both realized we had not, and we were lonely and we were longing for fellowship. And right then and there, Ainsley said, I'm gonna start a Bible study in my apartment. Will you come? I said, absolutely. And so she put together a group of women and we we were, we're we are the real deal. That particular day that you showed up was the day that Fox said, hey, we would love to capture this. And just, you know, t- just see Ainsley you know, truly telling the story of how it all came about. So you are not wrong to show up in your sweats. I prefer 
prefer to do Bible study in my sweats. Right? Well, uh, no, it was such a wonderful time, and I, I had a blast. So I'm, I'm glad that I got to meet you back then. I'm glad that we're reconnecting now. Um, and, I, you know, I just, I've been following what you do. You lead such an interesting life. You host a series called Small Town Christmas, and you also wrote a children's book called The Magic of a Small Town Christmas. So tell me about what you do with both of those. Yeah, you know, the idea, Abby, for this really came a couple of years ago um, at the very beginning of COVID when we were all locked in and not certain when we'd be able to travel again. I was so antsy to get out, especially during the holidays. I love to travel with my family. I have three small kids. I grew up in a small town, Edmonds, Washington, which is outside of Seattle. And, you know, it was the type of town where you bumped into someone you knew on Main Street and, you know, parking wasn't too crazy uh, during the holidays. And I said to my husband, it would be so neat to do a holiday travel show about our small towns. Their businesses are gonna need a boost coming off of COVID. They're gonna need some encouragement for tourism. And I started doing research and it is just a delight to find out what all of our small towns do across the country. Season one, we covered Branson, Missouri, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, Natchitoches, Louisiana, and we ended in Somerville, South Carolina. And then this year, currently right now for season two, the episodes air Sunday nights on Up TV and they feature, um, we start in uh, LJ, Georgia, and then we go to uh, North Pole, Alaska, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and our last one is Frostburg, Maryland. And Abby, as I'm returning home and telling my kids about all that I've seen and experienced, I thought, you know, I've got to put this into little kid format. And that, what is that? That's a book. Our kids love to do story time at night. And so I put together the book, The Magic of a Small Town Christmas, about the imaginary small town of Heartbeat Falls. And, you know, I'm always looking for tools as a parent to instill those small town values in my kids and remind them, you know, what Christmas is really all about. Family, friends, community, Jesus' birth, our faith. And so put it into a book and, you know, I'm just hoping that, again, it can be a tool for, for other families as well. Heartbeat Falls. That sounds like something I would like, somewhere I would like to go. It's, yes. it's cool. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I can't wait to check that out. Um, you know, the, I, I think what you do is so amazing because... I travel a lot for Parked, and it's a lot of small towns, but, you know, I don't always get to see it during Christmas time, and that's when you see, like you mentioned, those values come out. You see people gathering together with their friends and family, um, you know, celebrating their uh, faith and, and things like that. So I'm curious. You went to so many places. Was there a common thread in how people celebrate Christmas in these small towns? Oh, absolutely. The common thread. Well, first of all, Abby, the half of the fun is the first phone call that I make to these towns. I do all the research myself, you know, for the most part, because it's just fun for me to piece it together. And so usually at my first phone call is to the mayor's office, mm. sometimes to the local tourism director, but they always are my friend by the end of the phone call because they say, oh, you got to call Miss Sherry. She's got a bakery. You need to go over to Mr. Richard's tree farm. He'll be able to do something with you. And yeah, Susie has hosted the tree lighting for, you know, 35 years. Aww. It's so easy to piece it together. And the other thing that's the common thread, Abby, is most of these activities in our small towns are still totally volunteer driven. People do this for free. It is a ton of work. They plan back in July for these big Christmas extravaganzas, but they do it for free because they want to be a part of it. They want their kids to be a part of it. And they just love, you know, the community that happens at Christmas time. So very inspiring. And I will add the last thing that's the common thread is churches in these small towns mm. are still very much the center of all the action. Oh, I love that. 
as they should be. Uh, yeah. So if you're if you're calling up um, Mayor Michael W. Welch, Mayor of North Pole, Alaska, yes. what right. I, I didn't know that off the top of my head. I had to Google it. I have to be honest. <laughs> this is this is you know I'm I'm trying to tell the truth this Christmas season. Uh, I did Google it, but you so oh, let's say you're. <laughs> I did go to North Pole, Alaska for Parked season six, so we did go there, but I didn't get a chance to talk to him. So let's say you're dialing him up. You're gonna say, "Hey, Mayor, I want to come do this show here." What are you saying to him and what is his reaction? Well, the theme of North Pole, Alaska is where the spirit of Christmas lives all year round. And so I think that was maybe the second or third sentence out of his mouth (laughs) when we started talking. And he said, Megan, he said, we would love to have you. He said, you know, the town of North Pole would not be what it is if it weren't for the Santa Claus house. And I don't know if you got a chance to check out the Santa Claus house when you were there. Mm -hmm. We did. Okay, so you know that that, you know, that goes way back to the 50s and a family that, um, you know, when kids mail their letters to Santa and they just address them North Pole, a lot of them have ended up in this tiny town of North Pole, Alaska, and they ended up at this post office, which they turned into the Santa Claus house and now is a big bustling general store and the center of all the action in town. But the mayor was quick to say, you know, we wouldn't be the town without the Santa Claus house and the Santa Claus house wouldn't be what it was if it wasn't in North Pole. And so those two are very intertwined and it's such an amazing structure and really sweet people that run the Santa Claus house. They post the letters that kids send and mail in from all over the world on their walls. And it was really heartwarming to go read them and, you know, just peek in, in, into a kid's world when they're writing to Santa. I mean, that's just a, a special, you know, little insight. And so that was the first thing they told me was like, number one, you have to go to the Santa Claus house. The second thing, Abby, was he said, Megan, bundle up. November is, <laughs> November is known to be cold. And Abby, it was negative 15. No. Oh my gosh. No, thank you. I take it you went in the summer. (laughs) We did. And it was, you know, it's like 40 and we're all like, wow, it's still really cold. (laughs) I can't imagine what it's like in November. Yeah, our cameras can only be outside for about 20 minutes. So we did some of the quickest, fastest takes we've ever done. (laughs) One one take Megan is what it was. (laughs) Do you you mentioned these kids who write their letters to Santa? Do your kids you have three, right? Yes. Do do they ever travel with you when you film? You know, I have thought about it um, and I would love to take them. They have not for this show. They've not traveled for Small Town Christmas. And I think, Abby, honestly, it's because, you know, it is super important to me to keep the magic alive for our kids. Mm. And so when I put together these episodes, you know, I'm constantly thinking about um, when I interview Santa or in Frostburg, Maryland, their town mascot is Jack Frost. Oh, um, which is just, it, it's so cute. That one airs on December 18th. But I really, I really try to keep the magic alive. And so I, they would, if they see behind the scenes, if, I just wonder, for, especially for my three and seven year old, if it could cause them to ask questions a little too early, if you know what I mean. Yes, definitely. So, uh, we don't want that. Yet. That's right. That's right. And um, and then, you know, just the way we put together the episodes, too, in addition to Santa and Jack Frost and all these fun things, I really love to visit churches. And I love to talk about the reason that we talk about Santa Claus is a wonderful man named St. Nicholas. Right. And so we've done different things there to kind of connect the dots. But maybe down the road, I know they want to. <laughs> well, I, it, it actually, it's very fun that they get to watch you do this. And to your point, it is a surprise when they actually see the episode air. So that's that's a wonderful thing for them. And I'm sure they just absolutely love it.
We'll be right back after this. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Um, so we, we talked about the common threads in these towns. But I'm also curious, as you traveled around the country, did you notice anything that was different? Like maybe um, this little small town, they do something super special that I'd never heard of before. Did you have any of those experiences? Oh, absolutely. Season one, we went to Natchitoches, Louisiana. I was unfamiliar with a book called The Cajun Night Before Christmas, mm. which they have they have down there in Natchitoches. Natchitoches is about an hour and a half outside of Baton Rouge. And Abby, Papa Noel is Santa. They call him Papa Noel. He wears rain slickers and big boots, <laughs> and he has a big staff. And we um, got him together to read it, that story to some of the kids. And Santa who's called Papa Noel on Christmas Eve comes down the river in a canoe pulled by eight alligators. <gasps> That's hilarious. <laughs> yes. So y'all need to Google that book, The Cajun Night Before Christmas. So we, we, we brought that to life, which was fascinating and I had never heard of before. And then the other one I would add is Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, known as the Christmas city. Obviously, you know, we just said, you know, North Pole, a lot of kids mail their letters to North Pole. A lot of people travel to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania to get their Christmas cards stamped in Bethlehem because of Jesus' birth and what mm -hmm. that means. But in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, they are the only city in the country that still performs a live advent. And so for 12 days in December, uh, small businesses each night on Main Street for 12 days, they ring this bell and they say, gather round and crowds come and a different business, you knock on the door one person is in charge of knocking on the door. The doors open and a small business will come out and either sing a song or do a little skit. And then they welcome everybody inside to get some type of a free goodie. And 12 different businesses, 12 different days. Oh my gosh. Really cool, really creative. And we featured that in season one. What a unique idea. So how yeah. do they choose the businesses? You know, I, from what I heard, they apply and, you know, when they're planning it each year, they try to rotate it around so everybody gets a chance and they've been doing this for decades. So, wow. I love that. that can, yeah. It's a small enough town that they can make it up and down Main Street and get everybody covered. Right. I do. <laughs> I do that in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> it would it would be way too many. More than 12. <laughs> um, I So you brought up these alligators. I have to go back to that for a second because I'm just picturing these eight alligators pulling a sleigh. Um, was there like a Rudolph alligator? How does that work? You know, in the book. Alligator they, with the red nose. I know, right? They don't they don't talk about it in the book. It's just a shot of a, a scene in the book of illustrate illustrated scene of Santa pulling pulling being pulled by these eight alligators and it's hysterical. Um, and then the food down there too. I mean they're big into their meat pies. Um I don't know if anybody ever saw Steel Magnolias. Oh yeah. Julia 
Robert, they feature the Christmas festival in that movie and we got to experience the Christmas festival. They do fireworks over the river. They have a Miss Christmas time, which is a little pageant they do in downtown that they take very seriously. And if you watch Steel Magnolias, you'll remember that from the movie too. So um, it's just a big party down there and wonderful Southern hospitality. <laughs> yeah, you get to experience so many things and that is such a blessing in and of itself. When you're doing your research, how do you decide which cities you're gonna visit? for for the series yes well a big part of it is logistics because abby working in this industry you know this we film in november up until the very first weekend in december and we flip these episodes with two to three weeks wow so and and some people said oh should you film should you film you know a year before and then Aram, but I said, it's something so special about two weeks later, these people that I just met getting to see themselves on TV. Mm -hmm. So we try to keep it as close to real time as we can. So logistics are a big deal. I, my first, you know, one of the first things I say on the phone is, well, how soon will you decorate? <laughs> I get to put up your decorations in November before Thanksgiving. And that was kind of funny. The North Pole was like, okay. Yeah, you could tell they were like, we usually wait till after Thanksgiving, but a big one is decorations. And then I try to hit all parts of the country. So when you think about it, we did Alaska, we did Maryland this year, we did Tennessee, we did Georgia. Um, season one, we tried to go all over the country as well. So I try to represent a little bit of everything. But one thing I needed to have in season two that I did not get in season one was I said, we have to have snow. And so we had to go somewhere where there was guaranteed snow and that was Alaska. So yes. Just personal things we, we had to make sure we, we did for season two. There you go. Snow and negative 15 degree weather. Does it snow when it's that cold? I feel like that means it's too cold to snow. You know, that's a really good point. It, 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 they, it, it snowed a couple of weeks prior. I remember uh, them, okay. when I was calling them, they said, yeah, end of October, they had a snowstorm. But there's no wind chill up there. So believe it or not, it's actually kind of refreshing. I know that sounds crazy, but there's not a lot of wind um, in North Pole. So it wasn't, wasn't Negative 15, it's super refreshing. Yeah. Maybe you're maybe you're truly St. Nick, because that sounds like something he would say. <laughs> you, know, you also, you, you, I think without meaning to, you hit on a very contentious topic across the country and that is when do you start decorating for Christmas so you're telling me that some of these towns wait until Thanksgiving there's no one who really decorates before Thanksgiving well so Pigeon Forge which we feature in season two they have a couple of features that I knew we could film um, no matter what they have a hotel it's called the inn at christmas place that is decorated for christmas 24 7 365 days a year so that was a guarantee and we filmed second week second weekend in november with them and then they also have the south's largest christmas store it's called the incredible christmas place also decorated uh 24 7. santa claus house in north pole is always decorated so there were a few things that you know were kind of anchors in the segments but yeah, the earliest I've ever gotten people to decorate was season one, Branson, Missouri, did their tree lighting the first weekend in November. And when I heard that, I said, oh my gosh, sold, we're coming. <laughs> that's, the, that's the earliest I've heard of. So Branson takes the cake for being, you know, for, I think it was November 4th or 5th we did it, which was great. Sounds like you have quite the pull. <laughs> well, no, they, they always do that. They always do Oh, they always do it. Yeah, so I, I like know. that. Yeah, I'm exactly. a huge proponent of decorating before Thanksgiving because why not? I, don't you want to? I, I would. I would start decorating after Easter if I could. I would too. I am exactly the same way, Abby. But once I had kids, my boys are like, "Mama, please let us get through Halloween." They love <laughs> 
They love to do the front porch with, you know, we do all the like fun, spooky things like a black cat and, you know, a scarecrow. Yes. We try to keep it pretty happy. Um, but they say, please don't do the Christmas decorations until November 1st. So that's our agreement. <laughs> I would go earlier too, but my, my, my kids are super into to silly Halloween. So I have Well, to Megan, I have a solution for you. Next time you carve the pumpkin, you carve Santa Claus or a reindeer into the pumpkin, and then both of you win. Abby, we have literally had both pumpkins and wreaths on our front porch. <laughs> That's what we need to do. <laughs> That's great. I'm coming over to your house to trick or treat. Yes, please do. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking at this list of names, and you have Bethlehem, North Pole, Frostburg. How do these cities get their Christmas-themed names? Does it have anything to do with Christmas, or it just it is what it is? Oh, that is that is such a great question. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think about... Frostburg because there was the there's the Frost family and I will have somebody contact me after they hear this and, and give me the whole history lesson but <laughs> they're, they're connected to the Frost family um, I know North Pole again it was because of the Santa Claus house and and in terms of their Santa connection with the letters um, some of the other ones let me think I, I'm trying to think if there's a Christmas connection in some of those names I can't think of it right now but that should be a segment next year there you go specifically the names <laughs> <laughs> well speaking of next year and next season um, as we kind of wrap things up here is there any city that you have had on your bucket list that you're like I really want to visit there I haven't had the chance to yet but it's definitely on deck oh Abby there are many there are many towns on my bucket list and I'm one of those people where I'm like, I don't think I could say it because I might jinx it. <laughs> but let, let's just say that I have some ideas for a very warm Christmas. Like we're talking shorts, t-shirts. There's a couple of cities in the U.S. that um, we could do a very warm climate Christmas. So that may be season three. <laughs> um, I think, I don't want to give anything away. I, I could get this wrong, so I don't want to butcher it, but I'm from Arizona and I think there's a Santa Claus, Arizona, Santa, Arizona. I have to Google that, but you know, if if you want anywhere warm, it sounds like Arizona could be be your place. Um, watch that not even exist. I could have just made that up. Um, no, no, you're right. Absolutely. And there's a Santa Claus, Indiana, which we've had our eye on. There you go. Um, and, and in Florida, maybe some some warm, you know. Ooh. Warm apple cider on the beach. <laughs> there you go. Some some iced cider. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Uh, last question I have for you, because one of my favorite things about Christmas is, you know, all the traditions. We, My family has a very special one. It's called the Joy Box. And every, every year... Um, at the beginning of December, we have this little box, and every day during that month, we write down someone or something that has brought us joy. And we all put it in the box, we write it anonymously, and then on Christmas Eve, we open the box and read everything that people had written. And it's, it's really special because it kind of reminds you that the best gifts during the holiday season don't necessarily cost money. It's the people you're with, their faith, the connections you have, and the relationships. So I'm curious if your family has any tradition that you absolutely love and if you experience a tradition in any of these cities that you might want to adopt i absolutely love the joy box abby thank you for sharing that i want to do that with my kids that is such a neat idea oh um, you can credit my mom for that one okay <laughs> abby's mama thank yes you, abby's exactly mama. 
Um, we do a family Advent devotional. Which we're, we There's a bunch of different books out there that are fantastic, but we're working through one of those, which I really enjoy. Um, we do do the Advent, you know, open the door every day and, and learn a little lesson or, or teach a little moment. One fun one is um, we do a flashlight candy cane hunt where we sprinkle candy canes in the backyard and all the kids get out their flashlights. We do it at night and we wrap like, you know, maybe a $10 bill around one of the candy canes and hide it somewhere in the yard. And so they're all trying to find, you know, the candy cane that has the, the $10 bill around it. So we do do some fun things. And then um, credit to my friend Erica, my friend Erica Anderson Stone, a couple of years ago, more than a couple of years ago, almost a decade um, in Nashville, we were just talking about, gosh, how can we keep you know, the focus in the appropriate place with so much commercialism and consumerism. And so she has the brilliant idea and I've joined her on Christmas Eve morning. We go to McDonald's or Burger King or whatever and we do a, we call it a cheeseburger homeless run. And we buy as many cheeseburgers as we can, fill up a bag, load up the kids into the car and we drive around town and we just hand out cheeseburgers to homeless people and say Merry Christmas. And it's simple, but as you know, especially coming off of COVID, there are plenty of people that could use a warm meal. And it's just something simple to do with my kids where we take the focus off of ourselves and um, try to put it back in the right place. Wow, Megan, I absolutely love that. Um, you know, first of all, I'm going to then steal the candy cane idea because I have two adorable nephews who I know would absolutely love that. Okay. And just the the cheeseburger. I mean, Christmas, it's a good reminder that Christmas is about giving, too. It's not just about receiving. Well, it actually isn't about receiving at all. Um, but, you know, if God can give us his only son, we can give during the holiday season and hopefully the whole year as well. But that's that's really special that you do that. So thank you for sharing. And thank you so much for coming on. Have a blessed and Merry Christmas and hope to talk to you again soon. You too, Abby. Thank you. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. And yes, the joy box starting in the Alexander family. So thank you for that one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. If you missed anything from class, these are my office hours, and here are some top takeaways about how Christmas is celebrated across the country. Number one, I have to start with this one because it's topical since it was just Thanksgiving. The earliest Megan has seen a city decorate is the first weekend in November, but North Pole, Alaska is decorated year round. So it is acceptable to put up those wreaths and Christmas trees before Thanksgiving. It's a huge relief. Number two. She does all of the research herself. She calls the mayors of the towns and talks to them about everything going on. So she has her finger on the pulse of all these celebrations. That's what makes these episodes so great. And number three, something unique about Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, is a lot of people go there to get their Christmas cards stamped in order to honor the biblical component of the holiday. It's also the only city in the country to do a live advent, which is where 12 businesses open their doors and give a gift. May you all have a merry and blessed Christmas with your loved ones. For more podcasts, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this one on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen and leave us a review. This has been Getting Schooled with Abby Hornacek on the Fox News Podcast Network. Class dismissed. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. 
From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.